Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in my home studio recording far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. So I just read that GQ profile about Timothée Chalamet, so I'm sorry if I'm a little bit distracted during this. Yeah, you are horned up and ready to go. I'm just like, wow, what a true genius artist who looks so good. I haven't I haven't read it yet. I did see a quote tweet of it on Twitter of someone being, it was like a description of him as this like indescribable beauty and like he is like so broody and, and moody and it's like, okay. He, he looks like <laughs> he a took stage crew at my high school, but yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. But that's what makes him so appealing. Yeah. And we have to celebrate him. There was that other thing that was like, this is the first year in like eight years that we haven't had a Timothy Chalamet. That can't be right. He's only like seven. (laughs) But this is like the first year because all of his movies got postponed. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I'll take I'll take him in any form I can get in the form this week. GQ article. Solid, liquid. (laughs) gas all of the forms I'll, <laughs> I'll accept some timothy anyway i well i'm glad you're horny i'm horny for i you know what i'm doing right now as we speak Ew, what kegels but also <laughs> cooking dinner in my crock pot yeah oh. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by the piece of kitchen equipment that burned down that house and this is us <laughs> the crock pot spoiler much I don't know. I didn't even make it that far in that series. I gave up, but I saw everybody tweeting about it. Um, yeah, I'm trying to get into crock potting. So I put a, a put a whole bunch of chicken and sweet potatoes. And you're, I'm supposed to baste it, but I don't have a baster. So I do have a baster, but I don't I don't use it in the kitchen. Oh, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what else I'm horny for? This, this episode. episode. Well, guess what? We got a juicy one coming up. We're going to kick things off, as always, with Worst Things First, where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into bravery, courage, opinions that take courage, inspired by the fact that there have been a number of of gays for Trump that have come out this week, claiming that it is is braver to come out as a Trump supporter than as a a homosexual. Wow. And it's like, okay, (laughs) yeah, you need to take a big old sip of shut the fuck up because it is not this is the least brave thing I can possibly imagine so I'm going to share some of my brave opinions uh, while making fun of the people who think that is actually brave in any way shape or form and finally we have actor singer Barry's personal wet dream <laughs> I'm literally ba- blushing right now <laughs> Eva Noblezada on the pod 
Barry, you want to tell people why you barely kept your cool about this guest? God, it would be an honor to tell everyone why I'm blushing so hard. Eva originated the character Eurydice in Hades Town, and listeners know that that has you know, been been the only album I've listened to during quarantine. I'm like genuinely nervous to see what the year-end Spotify data reveals about how many times I've listened to it. Um, mm-hmm. She just, she's incredible. She's an incredible singer and actress. And like, I don't know, I love her talent and her honesty about work and life. And she's in her first ever feature film, Yellow Rose, which is out in theaters now. And um, I don't know. Could you tell that I'm excited to have her on the show? I don't know. Is it obvious? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> yes. She was uh, one of my favorite interviews, possibly right? possibly ever. Eva and I, we talked about all of that stuff and also pole dancing and musicals and anxiety. And if you can't believe it, so much more than that. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right. Horse things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week. First, the local government of Wareham. Wareham. I got your ham right here. That's what I would say. That's what I would say to the people of Wareham. I hope that every single person who lives in that town pronounces it like Angie Jordan in 30 Rock, which is where ham. That was so bad. That was <laughs> ham. Ham. Where ham. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't have said it less like Angie. <laughs> anyway, uh, Wareham is a town in southern Massachusetts, and uh, the local government is asking uh, local citizens to stop calling the police about a big blobby fish that's been spotted in coastal waters. <laughs> Just like one so here's single what it fish? Is. Yes. Is this like but it's Jaws a, it's but a soft? big ass fish. Whoa. Jaws but soft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the dichotomy. It's <laughs> sharks hard, fish soft. I'm a marine biologist. Yeah. According to the Cape Cod Times, which is a newspaper I can only assume that features, what, timely updates on the seasonal chowder menu Mm -hmm. and like uh, sexy spreads of of the Kennedys. (laughs) That's it. Those are the beats. Those are the only two things that I know about Massachusetts. (laughs) (laughs) Or the Cape. Um, Sure, the Cape. That's that's what the Cape. That's what they call it. I didn't know that until I started dating a New Englander. Yeah, I've been to the Cape. I flew across the Cape. Oh my God. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the Cape Cod Times reported that an ocean sunfish prompted dozens of emergency calls to police from locals who were mistaking it for a shark or a seal. <laughs> Because whenever I see a seal, I immediately call the police. <laughs> I, to be fair to the people of the Cape, I am looking up an ocean sunfish, and that fish is fucked. It is like it looks like fourteen huge. different animals in one. It, an ocean sunfish can grow up to nearly ten feet long, <gasps> and weigh more than four thousand four hundred pounds. What? How doth it float? <laughs> I don't know the physics of fish. It is it is kept alive by the sheer power of, I don't know, it's massive dick, probably, because according to a fact that I just made up, a 3,000 pounds of that ocean sunfish, the penis, that's what they're calling the police on. Wow. Jealousy. This has been Science with Matt. So enough people saw the ocean sunfish and called 911 that the Wareham Department of Natural Resources was forced to investigate and they posted their findings on Facebook. It was the following. <clears throat> I'll try my Boston accent. We are aware of a sunfish in Broad Cove. We <laughs> this is <laughs> It's like mid-Atlantic. Like 1950s radio announcer. It's my Kennedy accent. We are the, yeah. we are aware of a sunfish in Broad Cove. We have checked on it, and it is doing normal sunfish activities. It's Getting swimming. New York. It is not stranded or suffering. The sunfish is fine. Don't be jealous just because it's not swimming weather anymore. Please stop calling the police department about the sunfish. Oh, my Boston boyfriend is not going to like that. 
but also it was nearly unrecognizable. So how could it be offensive? <laughs> My inspiration was obviously Liz Lemon as uh, Jack Donaghy's wife in that episode <laughs> where they get married. And she goes on TV and, and announces that she's giving away money for artists and choreographers. <laughs> anyway, I just love that they're like, don't be jealous just because you can't swim. Yeah, rude. Anyway, uh, my favorite part is that this woman who's the president of the New England Coastal Wildlife Alliance told the Cape Cod Times that these ocean sunfish are usually nice Except for their tendency to spit at people when bothered. Yes. Yep. Love it. Love that defense. And finally, if you've ever been like, you know what I'm missing most of all in this pandemic? Just eating some delicious airplane food. Mm. Just, uh, I want to be able to taste the little plastic film that they pulled back before they put it in that microwave in the sky. And, and I want to feel that steam that comes from right underneath that plastic that gives you a facial that basically burns you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I miss that. So Finnish uh, air carrier, Finnair, <laughs> will start selling business class airplane food in supermarkets. Uh, so if you ever wanted to like, you know, go and experience what it's like to eat a business class meal on your own. Not even first class. <laughs> I still Just don't fucking know. Class. I truly don't know the difference between business class and first class. It's the I same. I feel like business class is what we all used to fly until they started monetizing seats more. And then they were like, you know, we can make this even shittier for people. Right. And then they said, fuck you. Coach it is. So Finnair uh, is the state controlled airline of Finland. And they said that they're kind of piloting this situation in which their meals are are offered at, at a supermarket. And at the point is like they're trying to keep their catering staff employed. Like I get it. The intentions are good. But also their ready-made dishes include options like reindeer meatballs. Ew, what? <laughs> Arctic char and Japanese style teriyaki beef. All right. Yeah. I don't know. I guess like they eat a lot of reindeer. Yeah, I feel like that was actually rude of me to go <laughs> ill. So sorry, I mean that Finland. is <laughs> Yeah, I mean I agree. A couple of the other things though in this story that made me scratch my head were just other references to things that airlines are doing to try to make money. Uh quote, some are offering simulated flights fake trips where the aircraft takes off and lands in the same location or even just time to sit in the plane. What is wrong with you if you pay money to do this? Something is wrong with you. If you are like, you know what I miss most in these times is just sitting in a cramped airline seat with some bitch ass kid behind me kicking my seat, the smell of stale socks in the air. And a half-eaten, dried-out reindeer meatball sitting in front of me? Imagine just wanting to sit on an airplane. No. No. Like, I, I would understand, because, like, pilot flight simulation is a thing that, like, people enjoy. But to pretend to be a passenger, it's like, I don't know, maybe go for a walk. I, yeah, I had a friend in college who, he had, like, a flight simulator program. Really? Like, it was, like, in real time. It wasn't like The Sims where you could, like, speed up time while they sleep. <laughs> It was like you would plan like an eight hour flight and all you saw was a blue fucking screen with like the, the plane settings around it. It was the worst video game ever. Well, it sounds like he probably would really love this opportunity. I guess so. I'm just saying that this pandemic has made me miss a lot of things. I would would love to be in like the shittiest dive bar right now, just lapping up shots of of dollar rum from a, a, a wood floor covered in piss. But one thing I don't miss is sitting on an airplane. The other, the other detail that made me go, what, was the fact that they had to modify these dishes to have less salt and spices than those offered in the air because people's sense of taste is dulled by high altitude. Never heard this what? before. Then why is ginger ale so much tastier up in the sky? Because I maybe they blast that ginger ale with like a special blend of, of ginger. Wow. 
Yeah. No idea. So they make they make their shit saltier and spicier in airplane food because they're like, you need to be you need to be blasted. Flavor blasted, I believe Guy Fieri said. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we're diving deep into truly brave opinions and why gay Trump supporters can eat my ass. Except they can't because that is reserved for the worthy. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right. So there's been a lot of drama at the LGBT community lately, which is how Britney Spears says it. So that's how I say it now. Did you see that video of her? I don't think I did. <laughs> she said, I think she posted on Instagram or she was, she was like, I'd like to thank all of my friends at the LGBT community. <laughs> it was very specifically at the LGBT community as if we all like meet at a center But yeah, this week, or I guess the past couple of weeks, there have been a handful of reports about how there's secretly all of these gay people who support Donald Trump, including from Eric Trump, who had that interview on Fox News, where he was like, yeah, I have gay people who come up to me all the time. And like, I'm I'm a member of that community and I support him. And like, (laughs) that's how he said it. And like, clearly he was trying to say, like, people come up to me and say, I'm a member of the LGBT community and I support Donald Trump. But the way that he said it was like made it seem as if he was announcing that he was gay. (laughs) And like, first of all, no, I reject you. (laughs) You are not welcome here. But B, that's not actually what he was saying. It was just stupid and like you are stupid. But the one common refrain amongst these uh, alleged secret gay Trump supporters is that it takes more courage to come out as a gay Trump supporter or a gay conservative than it takes to come out as gay, which is like. All right. You're already telling on yourself if that's your opinion. (laughs) Like if you honestly think that it is more difficult to come out as a conservative than it is for people to come out as gay. Well, that says a lot about where your values are and how privileged you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because that means like, congrats, you had an easy coming out. (laughs) But also like you don't choose to be gay, but you do choose to support someone who is a racist business failure who's killed over 200,000 people by mishandling a pandemic. (sighs) Yeah. But uh, there's been like a handful of outspoken gay people on Twitter who are really eating up this whole like, oh, it's it's brave to be a gay Trump supporter because it's it's provocative. That's the thing. I think it is so easy to be provocative. It takes zero skill to be provocative. All of these, like, all of these, like, nightmare right-wing blonde mannequins whose names I won't say because they get enough attention already. Like, do you know how easy it is to just, like, get on Twitter and say, like, wearing a mask makes you a faggot? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's like anybody could do that and get a bunch of rage retweets and it takes zero skill. And yeah, I mean, that is, that is like a whole other rant. But on that line, since all these privileged white gays want to pretend like supporting a racist bumbling asshole takes courage, I figured in, in true unhappy hour style that today's mm-hmm. deep dive should be about opinions that take True bravery. Okay. So here we are. Here is stuff that is more brave than saying you're a gay Trump supporter. And if you try to hold these opinions against me, I'll deny them faster than Donald Trump denied denouncing white supremacists. Okay. Amen. First, oatmeal raisin cookies are actually fucking delicious. Get the fuck out of here. Brave. Brave. I am a Vita. I I should have a balcony to get up and, and scream from because I believe that oatmeal raisin cookies are actually delicious. The chew, and you get that nice, uh, the fruitiness from the raisin. No. I love a chew. No, I love I, a chew. I love an oatmeal-based cookie. The oatmeal is good. The raisin, no. Get that out of here. And that's what makes that brave for you. You went all the way. Next, I like shopping at Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> I'm an adult man. <laughs> <laughs> 
They have great shorts. They have great <laughs> shirts. I did wear them. I've worn them on dates. And they've, wow. they've been, it's, the person was like, uh, okay, so you, you actually shop at Italian <laughs> <laughs> Fitch. They have great bags. Yeah. I don't know if they make the like softcore gay porn bags anymore, which oh, I yeah. wish they'd bring back. Oh my God. I don't know if anyone on Etsy does this. Someone must, but someone should turn those into wallpaper. There must be like a DIY wallpaper situation with those bags. We got to work on this. Also, I just want to say you're an Abercrombie bitch. Abercrombie and bitch. That is you. You are him. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe it's because I'm living out some like um, high school, like some some high school fantasy that was deprived of me when I uh, was a a, a wee teen. So now I am an Abercrombie bitch. At the ripe old age of 30. And I'll go and I'll get those horny bags and I'll carry them around the mall and I'll feel amazing. What else? Most wine is absolutely disgusting. And your career is (laughs) over. I don't even think this is new information to most people who have closely followed me. I don't particularly like wine. I'll drink it. I think I've also been public about the fact that like when I was drinking wine on camera... I I was chugging it. I wasn't I wasn't enjoying it. Uh, it was not like I was. I'm not a wine connoisseur by any means. Mm-mm. But like I just, if I'm gonna have a beverage, I'm never like, oh, let me pour myself a glass of wine. There are very few wines that don't make my face scrunch up after I take a sip. Yeah, and maybe that's because I'm drinking five dollar bottles of wine. <laughs> Might have something to do with it. But I also feel like sometimes if I splurge and I and I get the $10 bottle, it tastes the same. There's no difference. Next. This one, it might be the worst. Oh, it might no. be the worst opinion. <laughs> Ross was kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you stop listening because I think Ross Geller was kind of attractive. And I get why, why Rachel... Got off the airplane for him. It's a tall, lanky man, you know? A nerd, a paleontologist? I'm just saying. At least he's not Chandler. I'm not defending Ross in any other way. Okay, okay. I think Ross actually checks pretty solidly all of the boxes in in my history of going after people who are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> and um, who are, like, mildly attractive in a nerdy way, but also, like, don't deserve my affection. Next, most cheese is gross. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck (laughs) out of here. Do you know how much cheese is in my cheese drawer right now? I've got Parmesan. I've got mozzarella. I've got feta. Those are very basic cheeses. But the point is I like cheese a lot and I have a lot of it and I will spend money for good cheese. My more controversial opinion is actually that I think mac and cheese is not that good. (gasps) I agree. (laughs) I agree. I mean, like, as a kid, boxed mac and cheese was the fucking bomb. Yeah. But, like, now the idea of eating a whole pot of what is essentially just noodles and cheese. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm like, I don't, I need something more. Right. There's no, there's no, like, contrast. It's just too gloopy and, like, one note. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if you dress it up a little, and I'm not going to be the white person who says, like, put put nuts into macaroni. Because <laughs> there is, like, there is that white person thing where it's like, yeah, you put raisins in mac and cheese. Ugh. I won't do that. No. But I'm just like, I don't know. There has to be something extra. There was a great mac and cheese place that I think shut down. They would basically bake it in, like, a pie container, sort of. And you'd get all the, like, crunchy edges and uh, that yeah. at least you're getting some texture and mm-hmm. uh, uh, like a breadcrumb each hop. Don't mind any of that. But I'm just saying in general, if I get to pick like sides at a restaurant, I very rarely would pick the mac and cheese. Rarely. Um, also, yeah, the correct way to eat string cheese is by biting directly into it. Oh, OK. And finally, pumpkin spice lattes are actually amazing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. The amount Just... of times on this podcast, this holy, holy land that you have shat upon the pumpkin spice latte and just come around today and out yourself like that. 
brave. Am I going out and getting one every day? No. Do I still think it's a delicious seasonal treat? Yeah. I just think I like as a latte flavoring, they're they're good. To me, the more offensive items at Starbucks are like whatever that unicorn frappuccino shit was when that came out. That it was, should taste like a horse, a magical horse. You want to yeah. go unicorn flavor? You make that shit meaty. Right. I want delicious uh, horse meat. I want a, a feasting in the forbidden forest on that silver <laughs> blood. Blend that up and serve that to me. So those are all my super controversial, brave opinions. And you know what none of them is? Supporting Donald Trump because I'm not a fucking idiot. And also just to end, because we are coming up a couple weeks from the time that you're listening to this it's going to be the elect. I mean, really, the election is happening right now. Yeah. Because you you should be going out voting if you can, filling out that that mail in ballot. Do voting it early if you can. Hell um, yeah, make a plan. But any post, I maybe I overestimate the the number of people who actually think this way. But like the people who genuinely say Donald Trump has been the best president for LGBT people. I don't know what fantasy land you're living in, but it's not reality. Sorry. Just to just to recap, and we'll, I'll get my screen pillow ready. To me, some of the privilege that comes from these mostly white, well-off gays saying that they support Trump is that you are focusing on the one letter in LGBT in saying, oh, because I I am fine and nothing bad has happened to me over the last four years that, like, Donald Trump has been fine for gay people. When trans people have seen their rights systematically rolled back uh, and a whole bunch of Obama-era protections of trans people were rolled back almost immediately after he got elected. Remember when he just tweeted, like, tweeted out that trans people aren't allowed in the military? That's still a thing that's happening. Also, like, this year during the pandemic, announced a proposal that would let homeless shelters discriminate against trans people. Then we have Amy Coney Barrett, who's probably going to get confirmed to the Supreme Court, who is a haunted Raggedy Ann doll come to life, (laughs) who is almost surely going to join the more conservative judges in rolling back rights for gay people. He's appointed a whole bunch of anti-gay judges that are not just on the Supreme Court, but all the way down the judiciary. And they're going to be deciding all sorts of cases. Even after he is no longer president, these people are going to be making decisions that are disastrous for, for gay people, including there is a case working its way through the courts now that would allow religious entities to be able to deny adoption services to gay people. Oh, Yeah, I mean, I'll end on this note, which is if you just accept that you're a shitty person, don't try to pretend like you're voting because, like, actually Donald Trump has been good for gay people. No. Okay? Don't lie to yourself. If you really want to be a shitty person, be a shitty person. But, like, don't deny it. So anyway, please, um, for my sake, don't fucking vote for that man. And then we could talk about other fun stuff. That's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got Eva Noblezad on the pod right after this commercial break. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest Who Liberty stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm Shimon Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now, 
I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. My guest complainer today is Grammy winner, two-time Tony Award-nominated actress and singer Eva Noblezada. I'm just going to list the credits. There's a lot of them. Broadway debut as Kim in the revival of Miss Aegon. She originated The Incredible Eurydice in Town, And she's starring now in her first feature film, Yellow Rose, which is out now when people are hearing this. So welcome to the show, Eva. Thanks for having me. I mean, I'm already out of breath just listing all of the shit that you've done. It's not and a lot. It's, <laughs> it's very it light, light cardio. <laughs> Listen, I've done almost nothing with my life, so I think you're doing uh, you're doing pretty well. <laughs> we usually start by, by getting our complaining juices going um, by asking, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Influencers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I, I only mean that in the Do sense. Tell. I only mean that in the sense people who talk shit and are mean people who say that they're influencers and they're like changing themselves, they're selling lies and that's not influencing, that's poisonous. Right. That's all I mean. I understand there are many amazing influencers, that's the beauty of social media, but I don't like I don't like people who are inauthentic and then make everyone else feel like shit. Yeah. That is that is completely fair, which is I'll I'll say it pretty much everybody. <laughs> it is. I mean, That's it's funny. like, no, you're right. You're right. And you said that everyone else likes. I assume that people do because they have so many followers. And right. Right. So I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know how that world works. I don't give a shit. I don't care. <laughs> it is. It's like there's there is a spectrum like on the worst side of it are people who sell that like diarrhea tea that like it's it's a detox tea that's supposed to make you lose weight. But it's like it gives you diarrhea. That's why you're you you're you're shitting out water for just guzzle cream cheese. I don't understand why. <laughs> See, the diet industry is a billion dollar industry. Yeah. So for me, I'm just like if you're allowing if you're saying I'm an influencer of positivity and you're also like using Facetune and shit to like change your body, it's like, come the fuck on. Yeah. Come that, on. My, my general rule of thumb when it comes to social media is that I'd like to present the worst version of myself, just the most like, you know, this is what you're going to get on a, a, a Monday morning. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to look bad. And then that way, if people meet me in person, it's like less, less horrible than they expected. I actually completely agree with that. I am very much a take me as I am. But in that attitude, it does not mean that I don't get my feelings hurt all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'll be like, I'll be like, take me as I am. I'm a, I'm a whatever. Like, I say what I want. I, I am who I am. But when people don't like it, I'm just like, what did I do? How can I please you? Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, that is that is the caveat too. I'm gonna I'm gonna post exactly what I look like on a Monday morning. The caveat is you still have to tell me that I look amazing, and you cannot you. acknowledge yes. that this is what I look like on a Monday morning. <laughs> yeah, and if you do, you're not my friend. <laughs> exactly, joking. exactly. I need to be lied to and affirmed every second of every day. <laughs> well, since you you come from this Broadway background, I, I I wanted to let you express any perhaps horrible Broadway opinions that you have, worse characters, things that might. You know, you, you chose the the right person for this great. podcast. If you're going to open that can of beans, <laughs> this, uh, this is what I'm here for. So I'll say this in three sentences. I love performing. I love Broadway. I despise doing eight shows a week. It's not good for your body, and it's d horrible. I I'm all about commercialism of shows and making sure they're successful. But I don't agree that investors and producers should get the most like. 40 times what the actor makes like we're the ones doing the fucking work right. I also don't think 
that just because Hamilton opened, all of a sudden Broadway is diverse. Whoever is saying that is obviously not an actor of color. Right. <laughs> yeah. I can't. I, I have a lot of opinions about the industry. I mean, let's we'll we'll roll them all out right here. I truly can't imagine as someone like I, I do stand up. I certainly have. I don't think I've ever truly done a like eight show a week schedule, even even like at the busiest that I've been. That just sounds truly exhausting. And like a stand up yeah. show is an hour. You're on stage for sometimes 2.45, but then the hour before and then the hour after, hour and a half after, if you're taking your time to get dressed and then if you do stage door. Yeah, truly. That is the other thing. I mean, I don't know if you want to you wanna say this, but I can't imagine doing all of that and then going out and greeting people. If people get upset when actors don't come out, I'm like, geez, <laughs> give me a break. I'll be, the first, I'll be the first person to tell them. Say it to my face after you've just watched me sweat for you. It does, <laughs> yeah. It's not stage door is not included in your ticket. And I don't know who is telling people that. Yeah. But I do it because I it's a way to say thank you. Right. And also right. because at, Haiti, at Hadestown specifically, not many people do stage door. So um, the Orpheus and I usually do stage door as much as we can. But there are times when I'm like, I'm exhausted. Like mentally, I'm exhausted. Right. Right. Um, I also love, so my like least favorite, but also most relatable character on Broadway is, is Eponine, which, which you played. I, I, she is, she is very whiny. Um, but also I'm like, that is, that is me. That is me represented. I will pine You think she's her. whiny and not just like a prostitute who's been sexually <laughs> assaulted so many times that she's just like, I don't fucking care. All of you men are a waste of time. And I know that he is never going to choose me, but I, I all think right. she's well, actually, actually the smartest. Well, that's actually all the time we have. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just oh, I just insulted a sex worker just for living her <laughs> life and being abused by the system. No, that is absolutely true. Um, yeah, that that entire musical is just about uh, yeah how horrible we treat women. Quite literally. Right, right. Uh, but I tr- I truly do relate to her more than anybody else. Of just yeah, I I I will sing a song about how no man will love me or how I love one man and he's 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 not giving me attention. I, the one line that she says is, um, she goes, here, what'd you do with all these books? I could have been a student too. Don't judge a girl on how she looks. I know a lot of things I do. And then Marius responds, dear Eponine, the things you know, you wouldn't find in books like these. <laughs> and it's kind of like, he's saying, no, you're, you're pretty stupid, but you know a lot of useless things. Right. Yeah. I've <laughs> been told that before. <laughs> Well, um, you know, fuck Marius. I've fuck Marius. Yeah, yeah. Not even to mention someone needed to say it this year, so I'm glad it was us. Yeah, I. He doesn't get enough um, hate, frankly. Like, no wonder Jean Valjean was like, really, Cosette? Really? (laughs) I know you don't have my blood, but this is a horrible decision. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So just a, just a lot of poor decision making it, it, in general on that um, it, it, in that entire. It should musical. just be called the poor decision musical. Honestly, if they changed it to that in French overnight, I don't think any of us would complain. We'd be no. like, well, yeah, you're right. To be fair, it is it, it is called the Miserables. So you know, that's, <laughs> I don't, that's true. I guess we shouldn't expect that they're that they're going uh, through a through a good time. Um, <laughs> Let's see some other uh, opinions that I've gathered. You were um, you were a big fan of the film Cats. Who? Where the <laughs> fuck did I? <laughs> okay, my my fact may be wrong. <laughs> I like. I mean, I lo- that... I loved it, but I'm not a huge fan. Okay, okay. I take you saying I loved it to be um, you are a huge fan of it. I just I love that 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 opinion it was <laughs> what got the biggest reaction thus far. <laughs> oh, my God. No, that's so funny. No, I uh, I loved it. I did enjoy the evening. Because you went to the premiere, premiere, right? Yeah, I did go to the premiere, but I would absolutely not say that I'm a huge fan. <laughs> OK, fair enough. Fair but enough. I loved it. So that's try- I'm trying to sound positive, but real. Did you love it in a this is ridiculous and I'm enjoying the kind of craziness of it or like actually 
<laughs> I just am I'm curious about your love of this this film. I loved it because I love the music. I loved the dancing. I wish there was more dancing. And I also loved it because we we got to watch it with the cast in front of us, like yeah. in the same theater. So we were able to feel their joy of, of all the hard work and what they made. Right. Um, so that was pretty cool. And also Anthony from Queer Eye was sitting on the same row as me. And I, it was very difficult for me. How could you not enjoy anything if Anthony from Queer Eye is sitting like five seats away from you? It is, he is truly one of my most like I feel um, shameful obsessions because <laughs> I just like as a, as a gay I just feel like you know he's the most like stereotypical person that you could be obsessed with totally and I fall for it every time truly like a cat no one's cat judging you for that no I mean some people might but that's fine that's I, okay. I welcome it <laughs> <laughs> um this is very random but I I went to uh many years ago the premiere for the f- sequel to 50 shades of gray I don't remember what the second one was called 50 shades darker sure uh <laughs> had it on the tip of your tongue you uh, you right away I love this series <laughs> I don't know why I don't know why I love it but uh, it's truly like a different experience to go uh, to a premiere and see it with the people who made it and it's like no matter what it's going to be fun and amazing because you're yeah. watching it with the people who are like happy and, and there's proud. free champagne always good free stuff yeah alcohol and food I'm always double fisting a dom for sure <laughs> so how is how's your your quarantine been going just like temp check temp check um I'm always a solid 96 by the way just to let everyone know every time I get my temperature checked I, it's a 96. So just letting everyone know. Yeah. <laughs> you could just tell them you, you walk in, you walk in somewhere and you say, no, don't worry. No. I'm 96. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry about it. I, I cannot complain. I have a roof over my head. I have food. I have an amazing human being I get to spend my time with. And I have alcohol. I, did I say that already? I think I did. Maybe I didn't. But honestly, I, I can't complain. I, I'm blessed enough to know that if I really needed a paycheck, I can ask to do something and get a little money. So it's been fine. I mean, I'm going through a lot of anxiety and depression, but Mm -hmm. uh, who isn't? The more I can talk about it casually, the more it doesn't scare me. Right. I'm actually doing great. I haven't felt depressed great. in months. Yeah. That's no, wonderful. Not. <laughs> oh, okay. I, th- I was like, yes, come on. That's amazing. No, 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 no. Um, no, every day is worse than the last. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it is true. I mean, I feel like that is a completely just listening to some of the other interviews that you've done. It's like, I feel like you're pretty frank about just kind of how you deal with depression and anxiety just in in everyday life. And that's like, yeah, I mean, I think the more that we all talk about that, the more it, it takes the stigma away. The stigma of it is the big thing, in my right. opinion. And also like feeling like you're alone in that in in those feelings which is not, alone not and case. also like a burden that is one thing that I know a lot of my friends and people are feeling right now if they're living with somebody like sometimes people who don't have anxiety or depression like I feel like a total burden on my partner most days but it's also me making assumptions and it's also me feeling the stress of the pandemic and being unemployed and mm-hmm. you know there's a lot to be stressed about and I think we have to remember that stressed spelled backwards is desserts. <laughs> if anybody takes anything away from this, it's that stress spelled backwards is desserts. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's that's how I've been confronting quarantine is is just by eating carbs as much as possible. You know Sh- what? Sugar. You only live once. I, I don't know why I was saying YOLO for the longest time. Everyone was like, oh, no one says YOLO anymore. I'm like, why not? Right. It's we true. Have, we, have, we you, haven't gotten more lives since YOLO went away. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're still, you, you you live in New York, right? I live literally in Hell's Kitchen. Hell's <laughs> Cocina. <laughs> I almost moved to Hell's Kitchen last month, but then I, really? then I moved are you to in, Brooklyn. Are you also in New York, I'm guessing? Oh, you're in yeah, Brooklyn. You're cool. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was going to move to Hell's Kitchen. I, I love that that is a neighborhood as, you know, as just as a thing. Um, I yeah. knew Hell's Kitchen, the TV show before I knew that Hell's Kitchen. T- there was a TV show about the area? Um, no, I wish. Uh, that It was Gordon Ramsay, the chef. 
Oh, yes, I know that. I love Gordon Ramsay. How could I forget, Gordon? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know you follow me on Twitter and I apologize. He follows you on Twitter? I feel like it's a it's not him, but I don't even right. care. It's, I love he's him He's one so of much. those people who follows like 100,000 He's my people. spirit animal. He is my fucking, that man, sometimes to make myself happy, I'll watch videos of him cussing people out. <laughs> the, love the, him. The best one, which I think actually was from like a parody video um, that he or he was a part of, but he puts two slices of bread on the side of someone's face and says, what are you? And she says, an idiot sandwich. An idiot sandwich. <laughs> well, there's there, my, one of my favorite clips of him is... Um, one of the girls in the restaurant, like a customer, is like tr- being a total Karen back when Karen was a thing, even though Karen was always a thing. Right. But brings up the food and it's like, hello, hello. And Gordon's obviously like running the kitchen. There's two freaking teams. And she goes, she whistles and at him. And he goes, Never. don't fucking whistle at me. You look like a dog more than I do. <laughs> But the look on her face of like, no one's ever talked back to me. And that's what the first person says. Yeah. I honestly, I don't think we give him enough credit for dealing with the Karens of the world. He was the original like, no, 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 no. This is not we we do not have an equal relationship. A lot of Gen Z energy. Yeah. That Gordon Ramsay originated for sure. I do want to talk about the the movie. Woo! Why don't you kind of tell me the 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 brief of Yellow Rose? The brief. Um <laughs> it's about a young Filipina American living in a small town in Texas and she has many dreams and aspirations just like any other human in the world except she's living in a country and she's living uh under in an environment that doesn't exactly love her presence there. Mm-hmm. And when that becomes quite literally a thing where her mom gets taken away by immigration officers, she really has to have a sit down with her self-identity. And she has to figure out literally how she's going to survive both physically and spiritually. Um, and one of the things that helps her kind of sail through that is is her love of music mm-hmm. but it's a very timely story it's a it is a very sad story because it's sad because it's so relevant and it's also just a a, a really organic story right yeah it seems like if if people want an escape from like what's happening in the world um you know like watch this movie that was um, a lame attempt at <laughs> no but you're <laughs> you absolutely right, didn't land <laughs> especially the fact that like we've been stuck inside and we're living in a pandemic and everyone's expecting us to act fucking normal right for me this is a great example of endurance and also resilience and also um being confident not in any sort of you know, shallow way, but being confident in who you are and knowing that you're going to be okay. And even if you're not okay, that you, some, especially now, Rose's story is a good time for all of us to look at ourselves and really count our blessings because there are thousands of uh, DACA applicants that are now floating in the United States because DACA, the plug's been pulled from that um, organization. So it's kind of like, for me, being half Mexican, being half Filipina, mm-hmm. those two ethnicities represent the two of the largest undocumented people, groups of people in the United States. So I go, wow, I'm only an actor in this. Like I'm, right. I was only an actor as Rose. I am an extremely, an extremely privileged young woman of color. What can I do now? AKA I can spread awareness at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a, it's a great film. Yeah. It, it does feel particularly timely, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially, I mean, it was like just yesterday, the day before we recorded this, there was the story, I think in the New York times about how just like flagrantly, the Trump administration was talking about separating children from their families. Yep. And it's like, it's not even like disguised as anything else besides evil. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's really sad. 45 has justified uh, and awoken a sleeping genera- a racist generation and has now validated and ignited the passion and quite literally the torches of a younger generation that are following the footsteps in their racist older generation. So we have a lot of we have a lot of work to do right. as a part of this revolution. And it's disheartening to see. But honestly, every step counts. Mm hmm. 
Uh, on the flip side, it's also, um, you know, a movie that is it features you be getting to sing and like being and also like in this genre that feels like doesn't feature a lot of people that look like you. Yeah. What was that like? Well, when Diane Progress gave me the script, it was essentially not even an offer. It was like your rose. She said, and I was like, <laughs> OK, great. Uh, I was like, wonderful. That's that was the easiest audition ever because um, she came and saw Miss Saigon. So she was like, wow, this bitch can cry. I need someone like that. Um, <laughs> I need someone depressed. I need I someone, need someone depressed who can make everyone cry. Her presence just makes everyone want to cry. Uh, I think seeing that I read the script and was like, wait a second. So you want me to play the lead? And you're also highlighting the fact that she's Filipina. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, I have to be a part of this. There's like, I have to be a part of this. Like, there's no piece of work that I've been a part of or seen in my lifetime that has highlighted the life of a Filipina quite specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miss Saigon's different because it's problematic as hell, the show. But I was a Filipina Mexican playing a Vietnamese girl. It's like, that's not accurate right um so this was this is huge i mean it's the first ever filipina movie filipina movie released by a massive uh production company so the first ever the first ever which is insane but also insane (laughs) amazing it's happening yeah yeah (laughs) so that's a good thing and is it is that actually coming out in in theaters are are theaters open right now so theaters theaters in new york are not open but theaters in jersey are open um theaters across the across the globe or you know across the states are definitely open but not in new york which i think it's funny it's like here it is eva your your film debut except you can't watch it (laughs) You stupid bitch. No, yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> I had feels... to add that for fun. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure that that is the, the inner monologue and the outer monologue. Uh, totally the outer monologue. But yeah, yeah. it's kind of weird. I do want to ask also, um, we call this segment elaborate, which is uh, some some tweets where you've expressed your hatred of things. And I'll just have you elaborate. Are you going to read tweets that I <laughs> tweeted? There's only a few. I guess you haven't really used the word hate a whole lot. I don't like using the word hate, but I I do definitely feel it. Right. (laughs) Which is more important, really. It's definitely more powerful. well, one of one of your one of your tweets is just "man, fuck periods," which I have to assume is about the punctuation. Oh, it's absolutely has nothing to do with uh, Mother Nature punishing women for being pregnant and also not pregnant, and also past the point of pregnancy. Um, yeah, fuck yeah. periods, fuck yeah. fuck grammar, fuck punctuation. I have to imagine that the only um, the only redeeming benefit of of periods was getting out of swim class in high school. That was the only time that I've truly ever been jealous of. I understand. Yeah, that ability. I understand. That's a horrible class to have in high school. What are yeah, high schools doing? I I've truly have no idea why. There's nothing. You don't learn anything from it. Like, if you don't know how to swim, you're not going to learn how to swim in a high school class. How about you teach your kids how to swim in the world of being a fucking adult? How about you teach us what a W-2 is when we're 15? How about you teach us that? I, yeah, if I ever go to jail for, like, not doing something that I'm supposed to do, like, taxes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to say this on mic in case it ever actually happens. But, yeah, I just feel like we should have, a school could do a better job of, of teaching me how to avoid going to jail although at this point the president doesn't pay taxes so it's like why should i mean yeah i i paid more in buying my fucking poll than the president (laughs) paid in federal taxes um oh yeah he was gonna ask about that too i feel like pole dancing is is like a hot trend at the moment and totally I'm I'm always a little worried especially in a new york apartment that like i'll bring the, the whole building down if I like never <laughs> we're just scared because our rent's so expensive and we have a deposit that we would like yeah yeah that's always that's, that's all always we're worried about a dangerous consideration it's like what what if you the the, the pole falls goes into the wall and then you owe five thousand dollars to some some person who lives on long island yeah if it was especially if i owed somebody in long island that would be the most annoying part <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. uh no it's a really uh safe 
thing. If you're yeah. responsible. There are some videos I watch that I'm just like, you're just dumb, aren't you? But I'm going to keep watching this video. <laughs> is, has, is this like a quarantine hobby that started in the last like several months? Yeah, because there are so many things that I love to do that I never had fucking time to do when you're doing Asia's yeah. a week. I've always wanted to do pole dancing, but I don't, I also don't like doing classes. I'm very like a I'm very much a lone wolf. Um, but I'm trying to train so that I can start, you know, putting together pieces and shows so that soon I can get hired to do corporate gigs. Honestly, I rarely toot my own horn. I don't give a crap that I was nominated for two Tonys, but I do give a crap that I'm exceptionally good at pole dancing for doing it for about four months. It's weird. Uh, my priorities are, are definitely in line. Right. Do corporate, uh, do, are there corporate shows that specifically book, um, pole dancers? If they do, you know, they pay a lot. So I'm just like, <laughs> I would love a pretty penny. And I also have an idea that if, uh, you know, nightclubs are like, we need a pole dancer, but also we need a singer. Hello. Yeah. You're, you could be the uh, one woman Cirque du Soleil, like cabaret, Cirque du, uh, cabaret du Soleil. Cabaret du Soleil. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't speak French, if that is even French. <laughs> I don't speak Greek. No, I'm joking. I know that's French. Anyway, another tweet of yours. Um, I used to hate naps and trail mix, but now I love naps and trail mix. So this was a you was did this a tweet in two thousand in two thousand and eighteen. I have a feeling people change, Matt. I uh, did you go back to hating naps and trail mix now? No, I love naps. Okay, good. I don't remember a time where trail mix was that important to me. I feel like I've seen a lot on my my Instagram explore page of people making their own trail mix, and I don't know like what what kind of curse that I Instagram <laughs> algorithm gods have decided to deliver. This that does sound like me. a hex to me, <laughs> I, but I will say it requires a certain type of narcissist to make a video about their apparently apparent success on a recipe. That's not even a recipe. It's literally right. putting food into a fucking bag. So it require, I don't think I would ever be friends with anybody um, or no. have any respect for anybody who made a video about them making a type of trail mix. Uh, that's kind of how I feel about char- shark cutery boards. Uh, I don't know why, <laughs> why I said shark, it like that. Shark cutery boards. <laughs> I couldn't even get it out. I'm so upset by the by the concept. I'm gonna say now shark cutery boards, like cooter. Yeah. Um, that is. I I I get bothered when I see things on there that shouldn't be there. Like it's obviously if you're gonna say meat and cheese and bread and dips, fine. I love it. Yeah. It looks great. It looks expensive. But when you're gonna add things on there, like, I'm sorry, I'm gonna say it. Fucking raisins. Stop. <laughs> I don't understand. In a trail mix, sure. On a, a charcuterie board, absolutely not. One of the most cursed videos that I saw of of the charcuterie board trend was. Um, Someone making a like video game snack board for her boyfriend. And it was just like, I don't know. I feel like we've come too far. This is like setting back feminism. <laughs> it what was did like, she do? It was like Doritos. It was just like, I don't know. It, it feels like it was in these two kind of camps of cursed internet content, which was one charcuterie board and then two like video game girlfriends like doing stuff for their boyfriends while they play video games and it's just I no know. man I, it's I, like a weird I, I've come to the point now in being who I am well I literally text people or even tell my partner excuse me what are you doing for the next 10 minutes I need attention <laughs> normalize asking outright for attention normalize literally saying please give me attention yeah I think I've lost the ability or maybe it's just like, yeah, yeah, I have to wait and find that person who I can directly say that to. But yeah, whenever I'm like starting to kind of chat with someone new and they're not giving me enough attention, I've lost the ability to be like, is this just the normal amount of attention that a person gives someone? That's what I always think. (laughs) I always think that. Yeah. Or are they just truly not giving me enough attention? And And then I also have to ask myself, Aren't the voices in my head enough? <laughs> if there's a, there are uh, plenty of them, so it should be. In the words of Pasek and Paul, it's never enough. <laughs> I, I, my favorite part of that song, I'm trying to remember. He, they, they rhyme two words that should not rhyme. 
in in the like chorus. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, breath and end. Possibly. Yeah, I because she goes trying to hold my breath, let it stay this way, can't let this moment end. It's uh, oh, the one I was thinking of is towers of gold are still too little. These hands could hold the world, but it'll never be the words little and it'll you know what though i love that aeneas would love that yeah i love i love an unexpected rhyme well where can people uh find you and in your work they can find me on instagram at live eva maria on twitter at even Bozada, on the amarillo project podcast on apple Podcasts and spotify and also in theaters starting october 9th amazing in a movie called yellow rose um Hopefully, I'm crossing my fingers that we have a, another type of release just to appease everybody because I know that people are hungry for art. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and theaters near you. There's a website called goldhouse.com um, where you can see what local cinemas are playing the movie. But yeah, thank you so much for having me today. Amazing. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. Yeah, this was a great time. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier. Starting with Do Better, White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we can take to make our world a little better. Barry, what do we highlight in this week? I want to talk about phone banking again, because yes, I talked about it two weeks ago, but I actually did it. And I wanted to just kind of like bring back the experience to encourage you to really try it out. So I did phone banking with Knock for Democracy. That's for like the number four. I'm going to continue doing it. Um, The way that it works is basically they give you all this information. They give you a cheat sheet, a script, and then you all get together and they on Zoom and they put you into these little breakout rooms. So while you're calling people, you're chatting with the other people in the Zoom about like the the calls that went horribly wrong and like people <laughs> hang up on you and it's like a fun thing. But also like shit, I don't know the answer to this person's question. Uh, like, does anyone here know the answer? And and also like, I don't know. I honestly didn't think I'd actually have so many conversations with people when I did phone banking. I thought that people would just hang up and plenty of people did. But other people, some of the actual impact that that one hour of my day had was helping a woman figure out where she was supposed to vote because she Mm -hmm. had information from the last election, which it had changed since then. One person didn't know that Pennsylvania this year was doing early voting and he was like oh I'll I'll be able to actually vote early and that'll like you know we won't have to wait in as long of lines on November 3rd but yeah so I know I talked about it before but I felt like it's important enough to talk about again phone banking helps uh, and it's something you can do and it's scary at first but it's worth it and it can be an hour of your time it can be two hours of your time and I really encourage people to do it so we'll have links to that in the show notes. And also fucking vote. Also vote. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's get into the uh, TV we've been watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? Watching Fargo on a weekly basis. I also realized that I had not watched the last season of BoJack Horseman. So Mm. I started watching that. um, And I've been really enjoying it. And I've been enjoying not binging it, but like taking it slow because I I really like that show a lot. And yeah, so that's what I'm watching. Oh. I almost forgot. Zumbos. This will be mine. Actually. All right, great. You, why, why don't you why don't you tell tell the good people about Zumbos? Um, well, yeah, I I've seen this show pop up on my Netflix uh, recommendations because at this point Netflix is like, here's here's baking shows, you dumb slut. That's what they say to me. I get emails with that headline. I've seen this show and finally you and I were together and I, we, I, we were trying to find something to watch and I was like, fuck it, let's just put this on. And it turned out to be the absolute perfect show, <laughs> so which is called Zumbo's Just Desserts <laughs> or Zumbo. Zumbo or, it's, it's set in Australia. It's an Australian baking show. So however they say Z-U-M-B-O, it's like between Zumbo's and Zumbo's. It's like Zombo's. Zombo's? Right. It's Adriana Zumbo. I guess I don't I still don't entirely know if that is his real name or or what, but he is pastry chef, dessert guy, 
And Australia has all these crazy ass like Willy Wonka type desserts. And it's it's a bake off style show. Once a week, if someone's eliminated, they often make crazy desserts every week. It is, but it is also like ridiculous. It's and it feels so... like they're like a step away from not, they haven't like fully committed to it. <laughs> I feel like Zumbo does not want to be there at all. He's like only there just, this is like a Trump situation where he was like, I just need to have a <laughs> Don't compare <laughs> him too, to Trump. That's not that's fair. That's too mean to Zumbo. Okay. He's just trying to make desserts. Um, I just it's it's so strange, but also like it's fun. Um, I feel like I very rarely get to watch shows that are, are entirely in Australian. Um, <laughs> so you just don't watch Australian TV shows then? <laughs> yeah, uh, there's maybe one or one or two shows I've ever seen that are entirely in Australian. Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. I've Please Like Me is the only one I can even think of. And Steve Irwin's show, but. Uh, anyway, so if you like baking shows and want a ridiculous baking it's show to so add ridiculous. to your, your repertoire, then Zumbo's Just Desserts. What is your non-TV chaser? The big, big chaser that I'm so excited about and that truly brings me so much joy is that my sister had a baby. She had a baby. Yay. And she's so cute. And I get so many photos every day of this little perfect angel wrapped like a burrito. And she's just, oh, I've, I can't wait to meet her in person. I'm so excited. So that's really what's bringing me joy is my sister and her husband having their first baby. Yay. Yay. What about you? Your answer better be seeing photos of my niece. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, well, what was I going to say? At this point, all of my chasers are just what your chasers were like six months ago when I finally <laughs> get around to taking your recommendations. <laughs> um, this this one will be no exception. So six months from now, look out for me being like, uh, I'm an uncle. <laughs> um but this one is, I was so excited. It was part of my cooking journey. I've been trying to look up more recipes. Mm -hmm. And I I have so many cookbooks in my apartment. And yet I still uh, want new ones. Yep. Um, it's a but disease. But instead, I know. I know. It's because of the pictures. I know. And also it feels like cooking to look at a cookbook <laughs> without any actual effort. So I took your recommendation from like six months ago and got Libby, which is yeah. the app where you can rent books from the library and uh, rent eBooks. So I was able to like go on my iPad and check it. I got a library card. I didn't have a library card before I went full Arthur and <laughs> got a fucking library card. I was dancing around to that library card song. Hell yeah. And, um, yeah, I I mean, you're able to, like, check it out right away and then go through and then just take screenshots of all of the recipes <laughs> and send it right back. <laughs> Basically, my chaser is libraries. Do you know about these things? <laughs> they have all sorts of shit. That's it. So thanks for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us. But only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hans Su. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. You can also leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs> that was my Seinfeld. Wow, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs>